This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly, the other host. What's up there, Wackerly? You don't look so hot today. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Well, did you just say you had like a bout of diarrhea or something? This yeah, afternoon? but it's not like I feel I have the flu. It's just something about the studio. It's got, it gives you the poo feeling. The studio does? The, the air studio? or something, yeah. So I'm kind of in pain. I got a portion of my tattoo filled in on a Saturday. Yeah, I know. Now you have, <laughs> now you have your Henry Kissinger glasses on. You've got, part of your tattoo is like blacker than the other part. Yeah. Is that going to fade in? And is it all going to be the same color? Eventually, eventually it's quite it fades, noticeable. <laughs> eventually it fades into that bluish gray. What, what are you, insulted by my tattoos or something? No, I'm just pointing out. You told me I look like shit. I'm telling people what you look like. <laughs> well, no. So I'm getting a bag piece done, but it goes like all the way from my neck down to my ass. It's going to take probably about a year. So it's like every month I go in for like this four-hour grueling appointment. When are you going to have the cod piece done? <laughs> Oh, you mean the, the one in the front? Well, you're working on the back piece. I'm just wondering. Well, it's, you know, I mean, dude, it's the Tasmanian devil isn't a small creature. I mean, you got you <laughs> this have the is arms. A, this is a high quality one, too. You can see, like, every p- little piece of hair on the yeah. Tasmanian oh, devil's body. Well, my tattoo artist is gifted. I mean, I he, 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 he definitely goes all out this for This is detail. a high dollar piece, as you call it. <laughs> and, and, and the fact that he's tearing out of my back, so you have to do the skin peeling. Yeah, but most blood. people, when they have a tear out, it's just the skin. But I mean, your guy, he's going for the layers of fat and the broken yeah. bone and the, like, you know, the uh, the organs. The lymph node is sticking out a little bit there on the side. Well, All dude, the viscera is present and very detailed. Well, think about it. If a Tasmanian devil was tearing out of your body, it wouldn't be clean. It wouldn't just be an easy, yeah, clean tear. For, you're going for realism. This is uh, the new realism. I'm, go, I'm going for the gore. So the other day on Saturday, I was walking to go borrow a Jarrah's car, my sister's boyfriend's car, because I don't have a car. To go get your tattoo. To go get my tattoo, because I have to drive up to Santa Rosa to go get it done. I'm walking up the street to uh, Hyde Street, where he parked, and I see this dude. Well, I, first of all, I heard this dude just bitching. Just all this commotion coming coming from in front of me. I look, I look forward, and I see... This lady who's kind of, I don't know, she was probably maybe mid-30s, sort of an, uh, kind of actually kind of an attractive black woman, pushing this dude in this wheelchair, and he's just bitching. He's <laughs> now, bitching. wait a minute. Let me, so that's a big hill, right? That street's on a hill? Yeah. So is she pushing it up, or is she sort of holding it as she goes down the hill? No, she was pushing him down the hill because I was walking up the hill. So she's not really pushing. She's kind of I guess she was kind of holding the chair. Restraining so, it from flying down the from hill. From flying down the hill. I think hill. that's an important part of the story. And so he was bitching, I think because he wanted to make the light or something, and she was going too slowly, and he was just like, bitch, The dude come on, in the wheelchair. Move it. Yeah. And so I look over at this guy in the wheelchair, and I've never seen this before. This guy... Basically, he was missing the entire lower portion of his body. He was just like a head, neck, chest, and then there were two like tiny misshapen legs and feet and two arms. Did he have a pelvis? No pelvis. I mean, Did he have a stomach? I didn't see a stomach. I mean, so you're I, saying he's cut off like right below the nips? Right below, yeah, right below the nipples. <laughs> he was just, I mean, he kind of looked like, did you ever see the movie Basket Case? Obviously, I've seen the movie Basket Remember Case. Come Belial? on. Remember Belial? The, Obviously, the I remember character. Belial. <laughs> so he kind of looked like Belial, just a glob of flesh with two arms sticking out. Uh-huh. Except, Did he have crazy eyes and jagged teeth? <laughs> no, and, and he wasn't, well, like, eating hamburgers. But it wouldn't be too big of a stretch for him for Halloween to get some fake teeth and maybe some crazy eyeglasses and, this guy and look did, exactly like Belial. This guy wouldn't even... This guy could... I mean, wear a Speedo and scare the shit out of people. I mean, he was just a scary-looking dude. Not to mention, he was about the size of a basketball. But Halloween is coming up. (laughs) How much do you think I'd have to pay this guy 
to get into a basket <laughs> and come around with me for Halloween. I could I could put a curly wig on like the main character of that movie. Would that not be the most badass costume ever? Well, he was walk around the basket. People are like, oh yeah, you're the guy from Basket Case. Ha ha, funny. And then open up the basket, and that dude is in there. Yeah, those that little would black be guys screaming amazing. at you. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> that would probably would be the to, best costume ever. But I would have ever. to put blackface on too, so we could be the black basket case. The black basket case. That would yeah. Be, I would. I could make. I could probably, even have to have to pay the guy fifteen bucks an hour. I bet you if I just took that costume around to different competitions, Halloween competition, you know, where there's like prizes. I bet you I could. I think you could make, make your money out back. like a bandit. Dude, I bet you all you'd need to do is give this guy a couple crack rocks and a 40 because <laughs> all he wanted was a 40. He was bitching at this woman because she she wouldn't buy him a 40. And she was like, fuck you. And he was just like, fuck you, bitch. I said, give me my money. And he's screaming at her. And I was like, this couldn't be her pimp. <laughs> <laughs> because, dude, I mean, how could you be, you know, bitch, intimidated? Money or I'll roll after you. <laughs> I mean, you could. she could just, I mean, seriously, like she could just walk away from the guy. He's not going to be able to do anything. Or, like I said before, he's on a hill. She could just let go. Like, oops, it's the wheelchair slipped out of my hand. Well, that's what I didn't understand. Like, they're coming down the hill, and I had to, like, walk around them because they're taking up the entire sidewalk. And it's just like this dude's just screaming at her. Looks like a fucking Furby. <laughs> he had, like, two tiny little feet. Did and he have a beak that, go- <laughs> that opens and closes really creepily? And those makes eyes a- that and move that back and forth. And that mechanical noise. <laughs> but what I don't no, understand is... How is that guy alive? How is it medically possible that that guy could live? Well, this I obviously mean, where, where, are, where are his lungs? This isn't yeah. This isn't a this isn't the result of some gruesome accident. This is a birth defect because all of his organs must also be adapted to his small, weird, misshapen body. Dude, you know what I think? It's I not think... like a steamroller ran over like half of him as he was passed out in a crack haze. On I think he passed. I think he passed out in a trash bin, like Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> And the garbage truck emptied the, the bin into the truck, and then he got compacted, took off his only legs. Halfway, and, yeah, only halfway, and they managed to save him, and they then put him, him on a yelling, wheelchair. You motherfucking garbage man, <laughs> God damn it, God damn it, God damn it, give me a 40, God damn it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have no well, idea. I have no idea of how this guy could even live. I mean, he was just a medical anomaly. But anyway, he was just like sitting there bitching at this lady, and I just kind of wanted to say to her, you know what you should do? Let go of the wheelchair and just let him go into the street. Yeah. Because do you really need to have that burden? I bet you it was his sister. It got, and his it sister's to be his sister, to... or maybe even, I mean, God forbid, a daughter. <laughs> if he had, if this thing had sex with something else, dude. There's and no birth of birth a normal child. Where could he? Where? How could this guy have a schlong? A hooker? Oh, I thought you were going to ask who he had sex with. I, you know, he might have a little. Pe- <laughs> a little penis in between his feet. Yeah, I, I guess maybe. <laughs> but there are no legs. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, all right. I I don't know. I I mean, I kind of wanted to do some experiments on him just to see how this guy could actually. You're not going to suck his weird dick, are you? <laughs> no, no. I just, what type of experiment are you talking about? I just wanted to. You know, I wanted to see if he could like run. No. Or do a somersault. This is this can cartwheel. be this can be this can be done. This this knowledge can be gained with a mere thought experiment. Ask me the question and I'll tell you what I think. No, he can't run. <laughs> somersault, yes. I guess that's why he's confined to a How wheelchair. How big were his arms? Um, normal size. Yeah, normal size. I mean, oh, he, that is freaky. <laughs> so he, I mean, he was a normal size man. He just didn't have any lower extremities. See, now that scares me because I was gonna put him in the basket and, like you said, get him high and crack, which normally I wouldn't do with a strange person. <laughs> but you know, you could just. I didn't know he had these huge bar- arms, and I was just assuming if he got out of line, I would just shut the basket and put a little lock on it. But now you're telling me he has like. No, he's got size normal arms, size arms. And which he could like reach out and, you know, pop me in the face. That's probably how he keeps his woman in line. He pimp slaps her. Oh, yeah. He, he still must, has he's the got, hand. I bet she's the king of the pimp slap. Does he have those gigantic like guns? Because that's all he has? No, I mean, he didn't look really muscular. He did kind of have an afro. And he smelled. What do you He smelled badly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't Which know. Which is funny because he'd be so fast to wash his entire body. You think but she, take, she like... probably washes him. Like, like I, you know, I have no idea. But what I was thinking about, I was like, you know, this guy is obviously a burden to her. So what she needs to do is put him out of his misery and then dispose of the corpse. Yeah, but you and know what else? It would be dude? a difficult corpse to dispose of. I mean, the guy's like three feet, not even three, two feet tall. There's a yeah. So you could stash him someplace easily. In a shoebox. But don't forget about the SSI check. 
Yeah, that's okay, probably what you she's gotta, doing. That's probably why she. That's probably that's why how she, she. That's why she hasn't pushed him into the street. But let's say she did get so annoyed that she's like, you know what, the six hundred dollars a month and this Section Eight apartment are not doing it for me. Yeah, I mean, maybe then. But you know, I was just thinking. I was like, you know, that corpse. I don't know why I was thinking of corpse. But actually, the reason I was thinking of corpse disposal is because of an email that we received from this guy on the MySpace page. But I looked at that guy and I was like, you know, that has to be the easiest corpse to dispose of. Right. Maybe he's not easier than an infant, but for a grown well, I guess he's not a grown man. <clears throat> for okay, a for stunted a, man. <laughs> for Gary Coleman, <laughs> this Webster-like fellow. <laughs> But no, anyway, we, we received this email. This is kind of my segue into this. We received this email on the MySpace page telling us the proper way to dispose of a corpse. Now, it's in reference to episode 61, which is about 30 episodes ago. We were discussing the best way to get rid of a corpse. Yeah, you can't expect me to actually remember what we said, right? Yeah, like, you, I, know you know, I don't quite remember exactly where what we're referring to the context of this so and plus was... i didn't actually do my research and go back and listen to 61 oh god no but uh alva here from myspace sent this in he says i love the podcast i'm catching up on past episodes and was listening to 61 for your interest i'm into forensics and you cannot incinerate a corpse over an open flame i think that's what i said i'd burn the corpse well didn't we have a story where somebody barbecued a corpse that's what it was. That's exactly what, what uh, 61 was about. This guy was barbecuing a corpse and his neighbors... So when he says you can't do it, what does he mean? That it doesn't all go away? Or... Well, he says you can do it in a kiln, but with an open flame or in an oven, the heat doesn't get hot enough to turn the body to ash. The bones of the human body don't turn to ash. An example of this would be Hitler. He wanted to be cremated, and his subordinates tried to cremate him. They had to try several times, and even then they didn't succeed. He was merely melted. Well, do, do you remember fun. this? Where, do you, I don't even recall hearing ever hearing this fact. <clears throat> what was that horrible movie about the last days of Hitler? What was that called? I think it was called The Last Days of Hitler, wasn't it? Well, fair enough. That's not what it's called, but let's not <laughs> belabor that point. But they didn't melt Hitler in there. No, I don't remember that at all. He yeah. shot himself. I remember him shooting himself in the face. Didn't they cremate a bunch of Jews? I guess they used yeah, kilns. Yeah, you think they had a, you think they'd have it figured out by the time they got to Hitler wanting to off himself. We have experiment. Ex, sorry, we have we have perfected this technology. We've done this before. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. So I guess he says when a corpse is cremated, at most the bones break down into large chunks and have to be crushed up by the funeral home or crematory. It is possible to cut up a corpse with an ordinary wood saw, although you would have a tough time cutting up the upper leg bone. It's the toughest bone known to man. You cut up the dead body at the joints to cut up the body with the least amount of effort. You could also use lye, not lime, to speed up composition of a corp decomposition of a corpse, but in some circumstances it works as a preservative and turns the body into a mummy. Just thought you'd like to know. So now I'm wondering where this guy gets his facts from. Well, he says he's into forensics. Yeah, he but does what research. does that mean? I mean, he watched a couple X episodes of the X-Files? Uh, maybe Law and Order or, or CSI, I think, would be the show of choice for somebody who is into forensics. Well, so I did a little research on the internet. And, well, uh, I don't understand. I mean, what's the he's saying you can't – what's his first statement? You can't incinerate a corpse? Meaning you can't burn a corpse till there's nothing left. Over an open flame. If you had a kiln, then you could do it, but you still have to – break up the larger bone so what i'm saying what i think what he's saying is let's say you know you murdered somebody in your house you, you couldn't just roast the guy the in the oven, oven. Okay. if you're going to dispose of the corpse you're going to have to use another method unless well, you have, unless you own a kiln the oven might work what he's saying won't work is like a bonfire yeah or like a barrel with a fire in it <laughs> like you know i i, I just <laughs> don't think that would work or a big pile of matchbooks that you catch on fire <laughs> whatever <laughs> open flame oven so, might work but probably not I don't think an oven would get hot enough to melt the body. How hot does your oven get? Like 500 degrees? Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I think you really do need a kiln. So I did a little research, and that's why I was thinking of having an educational podcast here for aspiring murderers. We will show you the correct way to dispose of a corpse. 
Well, that implies that we both have the same opinion, and I I have my own opinion that I might have talked about on the show previously, but I don't care or remember. Well, my remember. opinion used to be, before I did all this research here, used to be that you could burn the corpse. I would just burn the corpse in an open barrel, but now I've changed my mind. Yeah, but you don't even have a barrel so, to start with. Let me, let me do a little disclaimer here. People, murder's against the law. Don't commit murder. And don't construe this um, intro topic here as encouraging you to commit murder. It's for educational purposes only. This is a thought experiment. Yeah, this is just <laughs> a disclaimer. SW patented thought experiment. But uh, feel free to take notes because I imagine some people might learn something here. So the new method I would use to dispose of a corpse would be burial because I think that's the most effective. Uh, okay, that begs about a million questions. What, just the fact that... Uh, dude, Do you want I'm, me to start with the question? You want me to inter- You want this to be the didactic process where I ask you questions and you answer them about your uh, method here? Well, I found this uh, website where it's discussing the best way to uh, dispose of corpse through burial, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Let, let me just get through this, and then you can uh, beg to differ okay. if you want. They're probably going to take your my idea, here. though. Okay, so you're going to need a, a number of items here. A shovel, extra Obviously. set of clothes, <laughs> and antiseptic wipes, two large tarps. Preferably brown, a bag of quick lime, a ball peen hammer, metal file, good sharp knife, an adult diaper, a large garbage bag, gasoline, and some ammonia now might wait a come minute. in handy. <laughs> Am I allowed to question those items or are you going to go into why we need all those items? I'm going to go into why we need all, all these right. items. So uh, first on the list here is dig a grave, depending on how paranoid you are, three to six feet deep, somewhere remote. I'd go way deeper than three. Before three you kill someone. Three is not very deep at all. That's why people always get caught because of the shallow graves. You need to go at least six feet. Because yeah, there's a reason why you, do, you dig a grave six feet deep. Unless you're digging the grave in the bottom of a valley that they're about to flood <laughs> like the tennessee valley authority or you know yeah Hatch, but even Hatchy. then wouldn't it i well, mean wouldn't it wash away the soil on top of the body and then the body would be unearthed that's a good point i would try and put some heavy rocks on top I, so i would definitely go deeper deeper is better so three to six feet deep so dig this grave somewhere remote before you kill anybody leave the shovel in there with a bag of quick lime put a tarp over the grave Put leaves over the tarp. Now, is that quick lime or quick lie? Lime. Quick lime. Because didn't that guy just say... He said lie. Yeah. Maybe quick lime is lie. Who knows? Might be the same thing. Uh, be sure to weigh the edges of the tarp down with large rocks. So See. far, your only crime is trespassing and maybe conspiracy. Well, plus if your you lawyer's that incompetent. guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But we haven't got to that part yet. There's, there's been no murder yet. Oh, this is all... You got to do this ahead of this, time? You're doing this in advance. Well, so because this, that's this completely the, rules out a crime of passion, then. Yeah. Now, I'm, well, I mean, maybe you could go, kill the person, leave the corpse at your homestead, and then go out, dig the grave. In your compound. But I think it's better in to your be... shed. <laughs> I think it's better to be have it premeditated, okay. you know, in your hostel. So when you kill your victim, uh, take precautions not to drop any identifying evidence. Fingerprints, DNA. I know that's kind of tough, but that's where people always get caught. <laughs> You don't have to worry. Don't jerk off into the hole. Is that what he's saying? <laughs> yeah, don't jerk off all over the victim's dead face. <laughs> don't skull fuck the victim yeah. and then uh, pull out. Definitely a big no-no. Uh, you don't have to worry too much about DNA as they can't trace it back to you without you being a suspect first. And if you do everything right, you won't be a suspect. If you do spill something, use the ammonia to clean it up. Nothing too fancy here. A bottle of Mr. Clean will do the trick. Also, when the victim finally dies, put the diaper on them as soon as possible. And the guy just says, trust me on this. Are we talking like post-mortem evacuation here? I think that's what happens. I think it happens immediately. Wow. I've, you know, I've, I've well, if it happens immediately, you're not going to have time to put the diaper on. Well, no, but I bet you're like, dude, I mean, you probably... You're talking five You probably empty your bowels saying. in five minutes. That's what so he's saying. Thing. Put it on right away. But I think that's also assuming here that the... Well, was the victim naked to begin with? I think you get them naked after this happens. Okay, so this guy was probably like molesting his victim or something. I don't know. So put the victim on the tarp, wrap it up, put it in your trunk. Double check the area of the deed for evidence, clean as necessary. That's what the ammonia is for. Drive out roughly a kilometer away from the grave you dug earlier. It's about a mile away. Put the car someplace secluded and proceed to the, to the uh, grave on foot. Check the area quietly to make sure no one's there. Once you're confident you're alone, head back to the car, put the body across your shoulder, fireman's carry, walk back to the grave. 
don't kill fat people because they're kind of hard to carry. Well, what he's saying there is don't drag the body because there's going to be these telltale marks of all these broken branches and a big, you know, swath of matted down grass. It's easier just to walk through. So unwrap the body. It's important that you leave the body on the tarp until you actually dump it in the grave. Strip the body of all clothing and personal effects, including jewelry, any implants you may or may not be aware of. To make the corpse unidentifiable, smash out the teeth with a hammer, which couldn't be that easy. I mean, I don't even know how you'd end up doing that. The front ones would be easy. The back ones would be difficult. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to like... You, see, you might need like an accomplice for that. You don't want to... That's the worst thing to do. Once you bring somebody else in, now you've got to worry about them... Keeping their know, mouth singing shut. Singing to the police. So it says, use the file to remove fingerprints. Which I don't know how effective that would be either. Well, after rigor mortis sets in, maybe. Yeah. You may want to do the same with the feet, but it's not important. If you're really paranoid, destroy the eyes as well. Now, why would you need to rip out the eyes? Uh, they can probably do retinal scanning, but who has their retinas on file anywhere? I don't know. He, he says don't bother with the hair. There's no reason to. So take the tarp off from the grave. Dump the body any large pieces that may have come loose while cleaning him into the grave. Sprinkle the bag of quicklime over and around the corpse. You can never use too much quicklime, but a single bag is usually sufficient. What's that supposed to do? Just get rid of the smell? I think it masks the odor and kind of helps with decomposition. At this point, put everything but the shovel into the garbage bag. Fill the grave, making sure you leave a small mound as the earth, earth will settle. Pile leaves and uh, rocks and stuff around the mound. See, that's not something I would have thought of. What, what he's saying mean? is if you make the ground totally level, then after a while, it won't be level. It'll actually sink down and there'll be a depression so you want you want it mounded up a little bit so it so ends up it flat. will sinking down eventually but then it'll end up flat double check to make sure you didn't leave anything head back to the car toss all your stuff in the trunk drive to another remote location burn everything with gasoline including the gas can clean your trunk burn the cleaning materials as well strip naked wipe yourself down with antiseptic if you have a uh, portable shower use it burn your clothes put on a spare set that you should not have been keeping in the trunk and if you s insist on keeping the tools, clean them thoroughly before putting them back in the car. But I recommend you burn them too. So if you, th if you ask me, I think this is a foolproof way. I mean, how, how would anyone be able to find it? Dogs wouldn't be able to find the course because you have lime around it, masking the odor. Yep. And it's in a remote location. I mean, the only way I can see anybody discovering this corpse is if they're going to like build something in that area. Right. An excavation, where, you know, for the new Piggly Wiggly or something. Yeah. So, I, to, to me, I think, um, I, I really do think burial is probably the best way to go. I have, I have an added thing that I would do on this. Like I said before, I would dig a six-foot grave. Uh, I think I would do everything that's stated here. Would you take out, pulverize the teeth? Yeah, everything. You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to half-ass it. Yeah, but what are you going <laughs> to do with gonna the teeth? just going to regret it later. What are you going to do with the teeth? Throw them in the bay? I don't know. Okay, so but you would destroy the teeth. I think Would you so. rip out the eyes? No, I wouldn't rip out the eyes. They're going to decay fast enough anyways. And like I said, nobody has their retinas, retina scans on, on file, file that they're ever like going to figure it out. I mean, they might be able to figure out the eye color and use that to you know connect it to some murder that you did. This is assuming Maybe, you but... This is assuming you didn't just find a body and decide to dispose of it. No, I, I don't see that being... But here's my added thing, and I don't know where I heard about this, but I would dig the six-foot grave, do all this stuff, put three feet of the dirt back. On the three-foot three level, I would put a dead animal, preferably a dog or something of that size. Oh, the dead animal to throw off the scent. No, well, it's an added level of uh, you know insurance. Let's say, some, let's say they do have a dog or something that and you didn't do the lime good enough and they do find it and they say well it looks like somebody dug here you know because if they go out looking soon enough after you dug it it's going to still be obvious that somebody dug a big pit they're going to dig down see the dog say oh somebody's pet died and they buried it here that's why it smells and why would they ever dig and then further three feet lower but then that means you're going to have to go out kill a dog so drag the dog and the human corpse well yeah maybe or maybe you could just drive around and find one of those like dogs by the side of the road or just you know, a stray or no just, or just uh, something that's been you know hit by a truck well, why don't you kill someone who has a dog that's a good point too yeah but what about, to that, about that implies that i have something against the dog yeah, but it could true. be a deer carcass, a, a large opossum. 
<laughs> but um, that makes sense, though. I think it would further throw off the, um, I mean, throw off any tracking dogs. Yeah. But I agree that the bur- trying to burn the corpse, it's a huge production. And while you're burning the corpse, you're so the vulnerable. Smell. The smell. You're just vulnerable to somebody seeing smoke and coming out to wherever you are and saying, what are you doing? And you've got a, you know, somebody's feet sticking out of the burn barrel. And it's like, how many people work at a crematorium? I mean, I, I really do not think... Well, if you have access to a crematorium well, yeah. and, you, and you can't find a way to dispose of a body, well, what you're I'm a pretty saying, poor serial killer. I'm just saying for a normal person, yeah, this a assumes, novice here... This assumes that you don't have access yeah. to a crematorium. Yeah, I mean, for a novice, I don't think you'd be able to, to uh, burn, the cor- burn the corpse with ease. No. I and think try, burial... And what are some other ways that just suck? Trying to chop it up and put it in your garbage disposal well, so down the toilet another another website i went to said it's kind of interesting an unidentifiable body an unidentifiable body can in a pinch be dressed in thrift store clothes and dropped in a shitty area of town where the police are less likely to question it but you then you gotta knock the teeth out and file the fingerprints off just yeah. have to. Oh, yeah. Then you could do that. But, I mean, if you had a, a body that's unidentifiable, you could easily just kind of take it out and just dump it in the tenderloin. Yeah. I mean, no one would probably notice. Put a crack pipe in its hand. So this other guy here says, assuming you have it inside a house where you can work on it a bit, the first thing you might want to do is drain the body of all the fluids. This will make it easier to cut up and slow decomposition a little bit, which <laughs> means you can kind of keep it around for a little while longer. Okay. That also assumes you have, like, surgical tools. Well, he was saying you just perforate the body with a pointed knife, perform CPR on it. I don't really understand why you do that. To pump the blood up. CPR, uh, CPR has then, been... Here's what CPR is that I don't think people understand. And it's so gross that I think if people did understand it, they would not do CPR. When you're doing CPR on somebody, their heart is stopped and you're pumping their heart. You're pumping their heart and you're, blow, and you're blowing air into their lungs. So you're just basically pumping all the blood out of this body. Right. Well, and if you're doing CPR, you haven't put holes in the body, so you're actually trying to pump the blood around the body. <laughs> but he's saying, you know, do CPR and pump the blood out through the holes that you just made. Well, he's saying cut the fronts of the thighs deep, diagonally, to slit the femoral arteries, then pump the chest. The valves in the heart will still work when dead, yeah, exactly. and the spring back of the ribcage can apply a fair amount of suction to the atria. Do this in a tub. Which probably makes a lot of sense because if you just did this on your kitchen floor, it looks like it'd be kind of messy. Yeah, you got to do something with be the like a guar show. Get them right down the drain. Plug the drain and mingle lots of bleach with the body fluids before unplugging the drain to empty the tub. This should help control the stench of death, which would otherwise reek from your gutter gratings. Do everything you can to control odors because I think that's the way people get caught. Yeah. Um, this guy also goes into a long uh, section about burying because he feels burial is probably the most effective method. He says that you should do it between 3 and 5 a.m. because it's less likely for someone to call the police um, because uh, most people are sleeping at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also says don't return to the same site six times for six different burials. And I think a lot of people – I think a lot of people um, – you know, make this mistake, or you know, a lot of serial. A lot of people. Well, a lot, a of, lot serial of people killers. who have killed six, six pe- other people. Well, a lot of serial killers tend to go back to the same spot to marvel at their work. Well, yeah, it's ritualized, and I think yeah, it's ritualized. So I think a lot of people get caught from that. It says you'll attract suspicion from anyone nearby, and you'll wind up placing the body parts close enough together to be found by any serious investigation. Put them in plastic bags with lots of bleach. Store in a freezer until you have enough time to bury them all. Okay, so this is another thing that they didn't mention. You have to have a big freezer. Yeah, you probably want to have one of those, like, industrial freezers. Right. You know, the ones that, like, are kind of flat that you open up. Yeah, you know what they call those? What do they call those? Coffin-style. Coffin-style freezers. Yeah. Yeah, no pun intended. Depending on what tools you have available, you may find that you get really good at deconstructing the body. You might prefer to slowly sprinkle it down a drain without leaving your house. This avoids the long-term risk of discovery associated with burial, and the overwhelming supply of bacteria in a sewer accelerates decomposition so while wait a providing he's a going, convenient he's, cover he's smell. He's contradicting what I said. He's saying if you get good enough at cutting it up, too, that you should put it down your drain? This guy's saying it's just an alternative. He, he but what said, do you do with the bones? Well, that's what he said. You, what you need to do, grinding down a body takes a lot more work, and you run the risk of fouling your plumbing and calling in a plumber. So don't try it unless you know how to clear bones and meat out of a drain pipe. A good food processor can be useful, but don't overuse it. And don't use it to make tuna salad afterwards. <laughs> afterwards yeah. <laughs> you got to have two food processors. One's the 
food processor, and then the other one's the quote-unquote food processor. (laughs) (laughs) The body processor. Uh, He says you can also use power drills or power saws. They're noisy, and they attract attention. Uh, Don't forget the kitchen sink. It's better if you actually remove one of the toilets in your house from its base, which will give you direct access to one of the largest sewer pipes that enter your house. But this is another thing. you got to assume if you're doing this kind of stuff, a cop might one day come to your house and say, do you mind if I take a look around? And if you've got a bathroom with just an open hole that's kind of has some red stains around it, that's not a good idea. Yeah, but don't you think if you had like a, a you know, like a fake toilet that you can kind of move okay. over like a drain, that right. that's what yeah. you're using? Yeah, you don't want to just remove it is what I'm well, saying. Well, if you think about it, this, opens up a whole new spectrum here. Like, so this guy's saying there's no need to deal with like going out in public and burying the corpse and digging the, the uh, six-foot grave. He's saying process the body in your house in the privacy and just kind of, of yeah in the privacy of your own home and then gradually just kind of dump the remains down the drain i don't know so all in all i think i would perfect that skill if it was me because so, who wants to be driving out to the woods at all god awful hours of the morning you gotta worry about wild animals and you know not to mention you also have to worry about driving with a corpse transporting exactly. a corpse which to me would be i mean uh, i don't know i think i'd be more nervous Doing that than getting pulled over high. Yeah, as soon as you're in a car, your rights uh, against unlawful search and seizure go down, like, by a lot. Yeah, so you can get pulled over on the way over there. For, and on the merest pretense, the cop can search everything in your car. You know, which, at your home, you know, they have to have a warrant. And I would almost do it during the day, rather than doing it in the middle of the night. Yeah? Just because during the day, you'd know where you're going. There's other cars on the road. There's other cars on the road. You can pull off a secluded area. It's daylight. Dump the body in there, do it quickly, and you'd be fine. But think about this whole grinding procedure here would take you weeks. Right. But like you said, so then you gotta deal one, with this. once you leave, leave your house with the body, your risk factor of getting caught goes up a lot. I think what this guy's saying, if you're going to do it in your own home, you got to pump all the blood out, drain the body of its fluids, and uh, use a lot of bleach. Have some power or lime, tools. Power tools. And then, because uh, that would slow decomposition. And then you can gradually just kind of get rid of the guy. Yeah. You know what another shitty way is that's always in the movies that in real life never seems to work? Is people always try and dump it in the water and tie some weights around it. But people don't understand, once that body's in the water... It's going to float. Well... No, but even if you tie weights around it, fish start to chew on the body. It just naturally starts to decompose in the shitty seawater or lake water. And the ropes, at some point, will just sort of pass right through the decayed flesh, and the torso comes popping up, and then inevitably it washes up on shore. You know, while some some guy has his kid at the beach making sandcastles, <laughs> and here comes this, like, you know, decomposed, decomposed like torso. torso. You know, case in point is Lacey Peterson. Exactly. Yeah, because he, didn't he, like, wait her down, throw the corpse over in the middle yeah, of... Yeah, uh, Mr. I'm going fishing on Christmas <laughs> Day. You know, uh, an hour and a half away by from myself. my house. Yeah. I'll just leave my pregnant wife at home. Didn't he, have like, didn't he have like a tarp and a bunch of ropes exactly. and a shovel? And yeah, his, he tied his... some cinder blocks to her and just what I said happened. You know, the ropes broke through her decayed flesh and her torso came popping up, you know, wrapped in little bits of plastic bag. Didn't, you know, in Dexter, in the, in the show Dexter on Showtime, which I believe has started already season two, but Dexter used to dump his bodies in the, uh, where was it, the Gulf of Mexico? Yeah, but he had a powerboat and he would go like way out, I think. Uh, I still don't think, I still think the, the same would apply though. I think eventually the corpse is going to, you know, submerge. Yeah, I, I, I do have I have a hard time talking bad about the show Dexter though, because it is pretty good. So in conclusion here, I think if you're gonna murder somebody, and remember, this is educational purposes only, murder is against the law, and we do not condone that type of activity here on Sick and Wrong. All we do is discuss it. But if you're gonna murder someone and you need to dispose of the corpse, I'm saying burial. I do too. You say burial? Yeah. But it's, it's been around for thousands of years. For a reason. I just think plan ahead. Just don't be impulsive about it. And I think it might work. The best way, though, is if you, uh, you know, are on like the USS Enterprise Star Trek (laughs) and you jettison the body out the airlock. That's foolproof. Yeah, actually, I think that might work. Just off into the blackness of space. I think that's more difficult than getting a crematorium, though. Yeah, it is. I'm just saying. The ultimate... 
the method. ultimate way to ultimate dispose method. of a corpse. <laughs> Is that like the Darth Vader method? Uh, probably Darth Vader would use it. Uh, it was used by Hal in 2001, A Space Odyssey. Um, many spacefaring movies <laughs> use that method. I'm going to cut you short before we just really? never get laid You don't want to just go the rest of this <laughs> show about, uh, you know, science fiction movies? Okay, so that moving was, on. Yeah, moving on here. But that was just an educational portion of the show. A lot of people have been complaining that we're just kind of like... Oh, we kind of got off on this gore. Yeah, the Reach Around Foundation has been saying that we haven't yeah. done enough educational uh, segments, and the they're going to cut found- our funding. Yeah, the Reach Around Foundation has been like, you know what? I think your show is exploitative. I think it's commercialized, and basically all you really want to do is discuss sensational journalism. And it's like, you know what? All right, we can we can have an educational podcast too. There you go. So there you go. There you go, Barry. So this is uh, episode ninety-two here of Sick and Wrong. I'm going to do a quick recap of uh, last week's episode ninety-one. If you recall, Wackerly, you did a story about a car-dragging death. Uh, I did a story about a mother who is snorting cocaine off of her baby's stomach. And a listener did a story about a stepdad who raped his, step, yeah, raped his son, stepson to turn him gay, yeah. to get back at his ex-wife. Um, this is kind of a rare occurrence, but uh, I tied with a listener. I came in with 72 votes, listener had 72 votes, and you had 61. It was actually probably one of the closest sick and wrongs we've had in a while. Yeah, definitely. So, um, Good week. Did we say the house always rules? Yeah. So, home field advantage. Home field advantage. So if uh, it's a tie, it goes to the house. So uh, thanks to listener, Todd, for sending that in. But um, try again, and you might get a sick and wrong care package. So, people, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week. The audience votes. Winner gets a case of beer. We throw in a wild card with a listener submission, which you can send to Sick and Wrong Podcast at Hotmail.com. Um, I believe you started the show last week. I think so, yeah. So, uh, let me kick off episode 92 here with an interesting story. So my story occurred in uh, Florida, which uh, seems to be a hotbed for sick and wrong stories. In fact, I think that is the most disturbed state. Yeah, isn't corporate Midwest America keeping tabs on the states starting this week? Yeah, I think uh, that corporate uh, the corporate Midwest in uh, Indianapolis, isn't it Indiana? I think so, somewhere uh, in Indiana. Yeah, the corporate park over in Indiana, they're keeping tabs on it. Well, here's another Florida story for you, so... I think they go up a couple notches. But if you think about it, we could almost do every story from Florida because it's by far the most disturbed state. It definitely. So um, man videotaped women and himself in homes, left urine and other bodily substances hidden throughout the homes. That's the headline? Yeah. Uh, somebody needs to teach this reporter, you know, To be brevity. a little more concise. <laughs> yeah. So this is in uh, New Smyrna Beach, Florida, which I've never even heard about. Smyrna. But um, you know what? It, it's a classic story here of just like a retiree who probably just has too much time on his hands and just is a pervert. Yeah. Becomes creative, you know? This is why Florida is so fucked up. What I like about this story, though, it's kind of atypical for my, t- my usual sick and wrong fare. You know, it's like I'm always doing these stories with gore and violence. This is interesting. This deals with perversion. Perversion at kind of higher level. I don't, I don't think I would have done this. A 50-year-old man, police described as ill, is accused of videotaping women and himself inside random Florida homes and leaving bodily excretions and urine while committing the crimes. Um, investigators said Thomas Blasing here has been preying on unsuspecting women in uh, New Smyrna Beach and is responsible for some of the most disgusting crimes reported in the city. So I imagine it's a really small community. Yeah, probably. And this dude's just Retirement kind of, community. Yeah, and this guy's just a menace in this town. Police said Blasing recently broke into a house um, in New Smyrna Beach, urinated into this woman's milk jug, and then left other bodily excreta throughout the house. <laughs> so, so what I'm wondering here, what, excreta is such a vague term. So, well, it's not really vague. <laughs> it's one thing or the other. Well, but yeah, but it could be semen. It could be feces. Is this, it could be pus. Are those all excreta? I, I, thought yeah. they were, I thought it was just poop and pee. No, dude. Anything coming out of your body is excreta. You could have been spinning loogies all over the house. Okay. I guess I learned something new this week. So this guy... 
urinates into her milk jug. I, they don't specify whether or not he puts it back into the refrigerator, which would just be <laughs> devious, you know, if he did that. I would but then he he's would. leaving other bodily excreta hidden throughout the home. So it's kind of like an Easter egg hunt. I just... was going to say, does he do this on Easter only or all throughout the year? It's kind of like an Easter egg hunt, but with... Um, yeah, turds instead. The worst Easter bunny ever. Yeah, but you know what, though? This is kind of like the gift that keeps on giving. So after this guy gets busted and the woman's like, oh, my God, he urinated in my milk and I drank his urine milk. She's going to, like, you know, a month down the road, go and try to, like, you know, change the sheets on her bed, pull down her spare sheets. <laughs> and it's just going to be a mountain of turd falls on her head. <laughs> a mountain or just one little nugget? I don't know what this guy was doing. I mean, I don't know this guy's mo. (laughs) I'm thinking one little nugget because he's trying to place things all throughout the house. He's not gonna. He's not gonna blow his load all in one spot, as it were. You know. You know. I kind of wonder though. How's this guy working here? So he breaks into this house, takes a shit in the living room, then just kind of cuts the shit up and hides pieces of it throughout the home. Then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go piss in the milk jug. Then I think I might go jerk off, you know, on her family album here. I would do the pissing and the jerking off on the spot. I would do that in real time. But the turds I would save up at home in a Tupperware and take with me. (laughs) Why, so you'd have more? Well, so I would have more, and it would maybe firm up. It would be easier to place in uh, random locations. (laughs) Dude, that is intelligent. That gives me pause. And I can't always poo on command. Yeah, and if you think about it, I mean, you could save it up over a period of like, you know, a months. week or a week even. Because you got to think about how often you want to do this. If you got to save it up for a month, then you can only do it once a month. But you know, I'm saying a week, a once a week would satisfy my urges. It's kind of like Santa Claus <laughs> coming down the chimney, but instead of bringing toys, other surprises are brought. Yeah. Um, the uh, police detective here, Lisa Gundrum, says he is definitely an individual who is ill. I love how they keep using this term. Like, yo, he be illin'. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's like Run DMC would describe this guy exactly the same way. Yeah. He'd be illin'. A police blessing here was arrested when a police dog tracked his scent to an SUV parked uh, outside of this woman's home. I guess he was, um, this woman said that she was fondled by the man while she was sleeping. So he broke into her home, pissed in her milk carton, hit his feces throughout the house and then went and fondled her while she was sleeping and then instead of getting away in his suv he just kind of sat in there in time enough for the police to get there and a police dog to track him down this guy so he was in the suv the woman the woman was fondled he obviously probably ran out of the room when she woke up mm-hmm. and went and sat in his suv she called 911 and he was still sitting there as the cops came with the dog i guess it was near the home so he was just, he uh, parked near the house. So I, I think he moved his car a little bit. Maybe he just sat there to watch the action. That dog has one hell of a nose. Yeah, but I imagine this guy probably smelled like shit. Somebody should buy this guy one of those Christmas tree air fresheners for his car. <laughs> and maybe his underpants. I think he needs some lime. Yeah. Quick a, lime. A search after the arrest inside the vehicle revealed a camcorder with some videotapes. And on the videotapes, there was other evidence obtained about burglaries that also occurred in the city where he was videotaping himself inside the house. So I think he set up a camera and just kind of videotaped himself, like pissing in her milk carton, taking a crap on her floor, hiding it throughout the home, so he could go home later and enjoy the movies. Or post them on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is YouTube written all over it. YouTube material, classic YouTube material. I love this too, this little quote here. Neighbor Connie Winchell says, Makes you wonder, do you have to have more lights on? Is a person going to be hiding behind every bush? I don't know. So in the you sick and just wrong, suspect that yes, they will be. The sick and wrong brown star scale. This did involve actually something brown. Yeah, it's and, gonna be uh, pretty, you know, pretty high on the scale. I if if you think about it, the guy could have just kind of broken into the house, molested the woman, but instead he was creative. He went and hit his crap around. He kind of reminds me. I don't know if you recall this story it happened a few years ago, but there was a landlord in uh, Rhode Island. Oh, I recall this Do you story. remember this? He was going downstairs <laughs> into his tenant's house. And he had been doing this for about a year. She lived there about a year. Taking Tupperware, 
containing his feces and stirring it like in her Chinese takeout food. Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah, you know why I remember? Because he stirred it in. He stirred that it was, in that's why, the food. This is why I remember this. And this was longer than a couple years ago. This was like maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, maybe it was like 10 or 7. Yeah, 7, seven or 10, or 10, years, 10 ago. years ago. Yeah, but I'll always remember it because I can, you, can, you can't get this image out of your mind of him stirring it in to the bottom of a Chinese, <laughs> you know, mugu gai pan or whatever. <laughs> mushu pork. It's yeah. just like mushu poo You got to get it right in the center. So they but don't you know find the, right the woman. I guess the woman got really got really ill, and they found yeah. evidence of feces like in her in her stomach, and so they put a hidden video camera and they actually taped the guy. Right, he was a repeat offender with the same woman. That poor woman. I mean, dude, could you imagine watching that videotape and being like, "So for this past year, I've been eating that guy's shit." How come she never just tasted it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Chinese, this is why I don't eat much Chinese, Chinese food. Chinese food, I mean, seriously, what does Chinese food taste like? And you always feel like shit afterwards anyways because of the MSG. Yeah. So. Who's to say whether you feel like shit because of shit or MSG? I, I, no I one would say. know. No. So, so on the second wrong star scale, I'm going to give this about three and a half. It's pretty disgusting. Really? The guy's a pervert. Uh, for, I'm going to give it four and a half brown stars because of the brown content of the story. I guess if this guy was in my home pissing in my milk and hiding his poo around my house, right. I would be rather disgusted. All right, I'm raising it to four. Four stars here. <laughs> we didn't kill the lady. <laughs> what do you have here for episode 92? I got a quick story. Um, it's uh, and it's kind. Of, it's one of those. All these stories are. I would never do this, but this one I really would never do. I would never even be in the circumstances to do this. But apparently, in Parker, Colorado. Okay, if anybody's keeping track, this one's a Colorado story. Um, this happened at a uh, celebration at a Lutheran high school. A, you know, a Christian high school. Uh, and it was supposed to be a celebration of homecoming, but it turned into a tragic accident. During a pep rally in Scott... God, I hated homecoming. Yeah, in pep rallies. You remember that? Dude, I used to just skip the pep rallies. Which is kind of why neither of us would ever be involved yeah, in this, this type of... A... What happened, I imagine, in this story would never have happened to me because I always just skipped out for the They're... pep rallies. So they were having a pep rally uh, inside the gymnasium, which is a little bit strange once you uh, hear the rest of the details. Um, the senior football players and the junior football players were taking part in a game of tug of war. Now, every tug of war game that I've ever seen has been out in a field because you want to get traction with your feet, right? Into the yeah, dirt. Were, they were doing this in the gymnasium? In the gymnasium on what I imagine is a, you know, a basketball, a basketball. shiny, yeah. shellacked, uh, wood. shellacked wood floor, which you can't get a lot of traction on, which makes this story all the more strange. Witnesses say, which witnesses probably means the entire school that was in the bleachers. For the pep rally here. Well, anyways, they say that during the competition, two juniors had the rope wrapped around their hands to get a better grip. Okay, so they wrapped the rope around their hands, and they're ready to start doing the tug of war here. Yeah, and they were the juniors, so they're trying to one-up the seniors, you know, shove it in their face. Get if the, the junior, advantage. If really... the juniors beat the senior football team in the tug of war, the seniors are never going to live it down. Now that's some bragging rights. But apparently this method didn't work too well because um, witnesses say that two of these juniors who had the rope wrapped around their hands started to scream. Sophomore uh, Jenny Kyrgyzstad said it was a chaotic scene inside the school. Hearing it was pretty gross, she said. There were like a lot of people screaming and just all blood flying everywhere and just people running out of the auditorium. Parker police said the boys suffered severe injury, injuries, partially severing their hands. Oh, Jesus. So the rope just ripped off these guys' hands. <laughs> yeah, because they had a wrapped around their wrist, and apparently the seniors were a little bit too much for these juniors. I think these juniors sort of, uh, you know, bit off more than they could chew with playing tug-of-war. It's like Hulk Hogan and Chuck Norris on the senior team or something. Right. But here's the main reason why this would never happen to me. Who, who actually tries when you're playing tug-of-war? Just imagine you have to play tug-of-war. You, I would just sit in the back and just kind of be like, well, these guys are going to like actually pull. No, you don't want to be in the back because that's the like hardest pulling p position. You want to be in the middle and just kind of place your hands on it <laughs> and sort of look like you're tugging, but don't really pull. How often have you ever played tug of war? Maybe once. When I, I, was I think like I've played tug of war. Yeah, like once in my life. Um, 
So, and you definitely don't wrap the rope around your hands to get a better grip. Dude, so it, it says partially severed their hands. So it just ripped off their hands, so they're just kind of hanging there. There must have been blood everywhere. Well, you know, in addition to science fiction movies, I'm also a big fan of trauma movies, like The Toxic Avenger. Uh, what are some other ones? Class of Nukem High. Yeah, Class of Nukem High. I'm just imagining imagining a scene out of one of those movies, and just, you know, they're playing tug of war. You hear this awful tearing noise accompanied by <laughs> high-pitched, you know, God, the noise must have just been unbearable. High-pitched junior in high school screams. And uh, then you just see blood sort of shooting all out over the parquet basketball floor. Meanwhile, uh, all the kids in the uh, stands start to bolt out of the room because they don't know what's going on. What if like, blood out. just splattered all over the cheerleaders? Oh, I'm sure. Got to have been like Carrie. And that one guy cheerleader who's like running back and forth with a gigantic school flag. <laughs> Uh, the cops said the inju- injuries consisted of partial amputation of the right hand on both players. I don't know if I already said that before. But uh, the boys were rushed to nearby hospitals where they had to go undergo surgery to save their hands, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah. Because if this happened to you, you're in high school, you know, it's. I guess it's slightly embarrassing, but at the same time, uh, if you could come out of it with some sort of a hook... You could save face. I, you know, I've always said that if I ever lost my hand, I would definitely get a hook. I'd get a hook that you can put on a bunch of different devices. Right. Just more you know, of a like socket. A vibrator to please your lady. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, like a hook in case you get in a fight. I mean, seriously. Just, it's the, like if just, the, just even just the creepy wooden fake hand is cool because you, you always make people shake your fake hand at that yeah. point. You're like, and it's got chipped off Or just paint. the one with hooks. <laughs> you ever see that one with like a, it's, not, it's, not, it's like not a hook, but it's like a clamping device. It's the articulated hook that actually yeah. can grab stuff. That's cool, too. Yeah. I don't know. Or if I lost my leg, I'd always get a, a wooden peg you know a (laughs) peg and a hook exactly then you'd be a pirate yeah um counselors were brought to the school for students who witnessed the accident or or were affected by the event dude i would have been missing school for a week really yeah claiming trauma i mean like i said i like trauma movies now but back then i was so into them i can't believe that i wouldn't have just thought this was the most awesome thing i'd ever seen in my life could you imagine that all the <laughs> these two jocks who were probably assholes getting well, their hands ripped off you'd even, be like sweet even if they were your friends you, you'd feel bad because they got hurt but at the same time you'd be you know afterwards you'd be like sweet hook dude and, and <laughs> it would just be such an awesome thing to see you would think it would be kind of cool. But once again, this is a Lutheran. You Luther- get a bottle opener on your this hand. This is a Lutheran high school. So sometimes, oh, it's a Christian high school. Sometimes the people who go to Christian high schools, uh, well, any type of you know religious high school, they're kind of Nancy's. I think it was an offering for the Lord. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think the Lutherans do blood offerings anymore. But They don't do that? I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I've gone to church. Uh, one of the other students says, we're, all, we're praying for all you guys. Okay. See, they're always Obviously praying for something. Right. Somebody probably prayed for it to happen. That's why it happened. Maybe that's maybe Jesus was getting his revenge. Yeah, it's better than I bet brain- you. I bet you both of those kids jerked off the night before, and this is just you know vengeful God. Well, I mean, I can imagine the goth kids. It's like the one kid who was about to bring a shotgun to school and blow people away. Is like, ah, sweet, now I don't have to. This guy got his hands ripped off. Yeah, there you go. It's a good thing for everybody involved. So on the sick and wrong scale, it's kind of a difficult one to um, actually rate here because. It's, it's not necessarily wrong. There's no wrong elements, but it's very sick. It's very sick. It's very sick. I'm going to have to give this. And it's freak. It's such a freak accident. Freak accident. I'm giving um, it four stars. Just, you know, people should learn a lesson. Don't ever try in any type of these pep rally events. It doesn't mean anything. You know, the upside is what? You get one day's worth of bragging rights. The downside is you could lose your hand. Yeah. So, kids, if you're going to learn something from this story, because this is an educational episode here, Sick and Wrong... Skip the pep rallies, because it really doesn't matter. Well, but what if you skipped the one where... The, what, if, what if you were... The, what if you skipped this one? Your friends who did end up going, because whatever, they had to do something after school. Uh, they said, wow, man, you missed that those two dudes' hands getting ripped off. Wouldn't you feel really bad? Yeah, I would actually been kind Just of upset cheated. about that. I totally would have been cheated. So what are four you going to... Four stars. You're going to give it four stars? All right, me too. We'll have to see what the listening audience has to say about that. Well, uh, the listener submission here for this week's a pretty good one, actually. It comes from Daniel P. over in uh, Orange County, California. He says, hey, guys, I think this is a good one. It's both sick and wrong. So uh, this happened in Mexico City, which I imagine is another area where a lot of sick and wrong events occur. Yeah, what do we count uh, just 
because we're tracking where these stories come from, I assume, what do we say for out of the country? Just whatever country, or is it just international category? International category, yeah, yeah, maybe. I think that's a good idea. But, I, I mean, it depends on how specific they want to get here. So, Mexican cops arrest cannibalism suspect. Now, I had no idea Mexican cops actually arrest anyone. Yeah, I thought they just took bribes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, maybe this guy didn't have any money here. So, uh, an aspiring horror novelist was arrested after police discovered his girlfriend's torso in his closet, a leg in the refrigerator, and bones in a cereal box. Uh, police suspect he may have been responsible for two other mutilation murders as well. Apparently, uh, this guy wants to write what he knows. He should have listened to this episode. Yeah, he, I think he might have been a little bit better. But I think this guy wanted to eat the corpse. So, oh, okay. Which I don't think is a recommended corpse disposal method. He was marinating the bits. <laughs> Jose Luis Calva told police he had boiled some of his girlfriend's flesh, but that he hadn't eaten it. Uh, he said investigators were trying to determine if the chunks of fried meat found in a pan in the apartment were human. Obviously apparently, they are. Apparently he kept it around here. Uh, the spokesman also confirmed other details about the crime scene released by the prosecutor's office this past Wednesday night. Body parts were spread throughout the apartment, and Calva is being investigated in a total of three killings of women whose mutilated bodies has been found in and around the capital here in Mexico City. Uh, Calva told police he was a writer and a poet. Officers found the draft of a novel titled Cannibalistic Instincts. <laughs> I, think he, I think he was doing research here. Uh, Calva said he, I guess, tried to escape when officers entered his apartment, but was struck by a car and had not yet recovered enough to give a statement to police. A VW Beetle. So I imagine he was just kind of running out of the house and just got nailed by a car. Yeah, I've heard that 99% of the cars in Mexico City are VW Beetles. Really? One of them, why? Uh, just because they're cheap. Not the new kind. I mean, the old, like, 1970s style. Uh, just because they're cheap and bug. plentiful, easy to work on. And you know they're being driven by, like, 11-year-olds. Yeah. Well, that's it, the legal driving age in Mexico. <laughs> that's, that's probably why this guy got hit. Uh, police came to his apartment to investigate the disappearance, the disappearance of his girlfriend, Alejandra Galena, a 30-year-old pharmacy clerk and single mother. Family reported her missing the week before. Don't ever kill your, your pharmacy girlfriend. Yeah, and I, such a I, good source of illicit, you know, recreational drugs. Prescription medication. Come anytime on, you dude. want it. What's your and problem? And not to mention when you kill your girlfriend, the family's going to know. Yeah. You know, it's like you're not going to be invited over to Mexican Thanksgiving anymore. <laughs> yeah, go find a prostitute. <laughs> so much easier to grind her down. Uh, Galliana's uh, dismembered body was discovered in a closet, leg and flesh from an armor in the refrigerator. And arm bones were inside a cereal box. All which, right, that means he ate part of her. Well, what I don't understand, though, why was he keeping the bones in the cereal box? Uh, prize. <laughs> <laughs> Little prize at the bottom here. He probably got some cereal and the prize sucked, so he just thought he'd put a, a better prize in the box. Uh, Calva's also being investigated. Honey bunches of hoes. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky charms. Uh, Calvo is also being investigated in the mutilation killings of an unidentified prostitute in April and an ex-girlfriend named Veronica Martinez, who is also a single mother and a pharmacy worker. <laughs> it's kind of strange. Well, I guess maybe he thought he could always get another pharmacy working girlfriend. I guess after his arrest was shown on television, Martinez, the other victim here, her mother went to police saying Calva had also been her boyfriend and showed pictures of them together. Her daughter's body was found chopped to pieces on the city's outskirts. Uh, neighbor Fermin Cruz here, who lives several floors below, said he seemed ill-humored at times, adding, one time he just slammed the door on me for no reason. <laughs> I, bet she's just, I bet you she was trying to come in there and be like, why does it smell so bad? Slam. Yeah. She's lucky she didn't get mutilated and eaten. Is that a woman's name, Fermin? I, I think if you're a Mexican yeah, lady. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So on the sick and wrong uh, star scale, this guy... I mean, was eating his girlfriend and uh, had, you know, chunks of her dismembered and hidden throughout his apartment here. I think the fact that he put he's going to get bonus points for me because he put her bones in the cereal box. Yeah, that's true. And the fact that he was an aspiring horror novelist. Uh, but that, those combined factors will I will bump my score up a half a point, half a star. I'm going to four and a half. Oh, I'm going to three and a half. Three and a half? Why so low? Cannibalism fatigue. Oh, you're just over the cannibalism stories? I'm a little fatigued with the guys chopping up their girlfriends and eating parts of them. 
Yeah, but the fact that the guy was a horror novelist, he was I writing what I he was going to give it a three, and I'm giving it a three and a half. All right, fair enough. We'll see what the uh, Sick and Wrong audience has to say exactly. about that. They might like this one the best. So go vote, sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who won episode 92. Why don't you check out the new Sick and Wrong forum, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, uh, Wackerly, we're nearing the end of the show as usual here. We tend to get to uh, listener email. So I kind of want to go through a couple of these kind of quickly here. I'm going to be very surprised because I haven't read any of the email this week. So this is all new to me. Uh, We got another email here from uh, Mart who says, Hey, guys, I didn't actually know there could be something called a podcast convention. If there is something like this in Wales, everybody everybody would be lynched and the place burnt down. <laughs> Dude, Wales just sounds way cooler than California. I didn't know there were so many internet badasses in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> internet tough guys? Yeah. Apparently, they don't like podcrafters in Wales. Well, what's the other thing? I, I mean, wonder if Mart has to listen to the show in secrecy. I mean, the other thing we've learned about Wales is there's only a bunch of fat chicks that you don't even would never want to shag. Oh, yeah, a bunch of fat birds. Did they yeah. say that? So, I guess maybe if the podcraft conve- convention had some hot birds, then they wouldn't burn them all down. But that's just conjecture. We got another email here from uh, Madeline. She says, it's getting close to the 100th episode. Do you guys have anything cool planned? I'm thinking we might make, uh, instead of drinking MGD, we might drink banana daiquiris. Banana daiquiris? Yeah. That's, that's a little too wild for me, Wackerly. Well, it's going to be the 100th episode, though. we got to do something special. So, Madeline, that's still eight episodes away, like two months. So, uh, yeah, we do have something up our sleeves. You know? Banana daiquiris. It might be banana daiquiris. It might be. Pina it might be Colada's, a red herring maybe. as well. But, yeah, I think we're going to be doing something. So, stay tuned. It's going to be something that... Um, Something that uh, with people <laughs> that's going to blow your mind. There's going to be some stuff. Oh, yeah. It's going to be crazy. Awesome. It's going to be the wackiest episode of Sick and Wrong ever. So, uh, yeah, Madeline, stay tuned. Finally here, uh, the Sick and Wrong song of the week was sent in by uh, Steve, who I guess is a member of the um, Indianapolis corporate world over there. What? Don't they have an official name? The, the corporate down low Sick and Wrong fans or some shit like that? You know, I, the name escapes me. Yeah, I, I, I can't think too. of it right now. But he says, hey, guys, I was going through my C drive, and I found a song I recorded in my apartment several years ago. I hope you play it at the end of one of your future episodes. It's semi-autobiographical, which I kind of find a little disconcerting. This isn't a recording of him murdering some hooker or something, is it? I hope not. <laughs> and I plan on using it one day to get out of jury duty. Uh, the song's <laughs> called Lunatic. And I, th- I think we were playing a little blurb about it earlier, and I was just like, you know what? Uh, Steve, I don't recommend you playing that for your future employer or your current employer. No. You probably don't want your boss listening to that song. Do they, do, when you go up uh, for jury investigation or interviews, do they allow you to play an MP3? Or is he saying that he's going to actually do this live in the courtroom? Well, it's like a rap song. Kind of reminded me of the he insane clown posse. Maybe he could bring somebody into beatbox. And he's just going to start like going. I always, his, the best way to, I always thought the best way to get out of jury duty is just to be like, yeah, I hate Jews. Or I love the cops, or I hate the cops. Yeah. There's so I, many things you can say. I mean, there's many things. I guess you can also write a uh, hate-filled rap song. <laughs> so If you've got a lot of time in your hands. But you know what? We'll, we'll definitely play your song Lunatic here um, at the end of the show. I hope it doesn't change what the um, attitudes of your friends <laughs> towards you. because <laughs> Assuming uh, you have any. Because you did say the song semi-autobiographical. Well, apparently, I guess he has a girlfriend. So he mentioned here that the email we read last week from John in uh, episode 91, if you mm-hmm. recall, at the end of the show, we, we read an email from John here who was talking about, I guess, like, uh, he was talking about the hot chick. The office hottie. The office who gonna, hottie. Who was supposed to fax us, a, you know, her ass. Yeah, that, that's what's supposed to happen. He says, John is my friend at the company I used to work for. Marcy, who's the office Marcy, hottie, right. is my girlfriend that also works in the same office as John. John just knew that if his email was read on the show and he mentioned an attractive female at the office, then you guys would make perverted comments and I'd have to hear you guys reference my girlfriend in a sexual manner when I listen to the show. Yeah, we're pretty predictable. And that's exactly what happened. If this is being read on the show, I'd like to say, that was pretty good, John. You are a worthy adversary. 
You know what, dude? You're going to have to totally get John back here. Yeah. You know, we, we just sat here, like, um, I mean, making sexual comments, overt sexual references about your girlfriend the last show. Yeah. I mean, disgusting, perverted sexual comments. And I'm not going to retract the statement. I'd still love to have a picture of your girlfriend's ass facts to us. Well, but he's trying to get back at John, right? I, I think his course of action at this point is to send in a, a naked picture of John's girlfriend, assuming that he has one. Dude, wouldn't you be a little nervous about your good friend working with your girlfriend at the company? Definitely. Think about the company Christmas party. Yes. Get a little drunk. Eggnog. A little too much eggnog. Come End up in the janitor closet. Yep. I don't know. I I think Mistletoe. John is a, I think John is a worthy adversary and Steve, I think you need to um I think you need to get him back. We'll we'll help we'll help you come up with some revenge plots. Preferably utilize the sick and wrong show. Yeah. Well, we we always are always down need for material. good revenge. Yeah, he says it made my day to hear Wackerly say that my girlfriend should Xerox her ass at work. Uh, that was sent in by Steve. Well, Steve, uh, thanks for sending that in. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll help you come up with a good revenge plot. I like being instrumental in that. We'll be back next week with uh, episode 93. Until then, take a sleazy. Good night. I'm a lunatic. That's right. I'm a lunatic. Stupid cunt. And I just moved in next door. I'm a lunatic with more poison than a scorpion Necrophiliac, I join forces with Kevorkian I get horny when I visit pediatric hospitals And watch sick children as they lick on their popsicles Obstacles should be overcome if possible Like legalizing rape, man, that would be phenomenal One in the chamber, six in the clip Give my dick a lick or the trigger goes click Because I'm a lunatic, a rambunctious ruffian I'll stuff it in your muffin, bust my nut, then I'll rub it in I love it when I get to have sex with a minor Because nothing gets tighter than a nine-year-old's vagina what? This is all true, I can't fake this real insanity I'll break into your house so I can rape and kill your family Then I'll head to your kitchen, eat all your rice cakes Pour myself some lemonade and won't refill the ice tray Confident the cops will never make an arrest I'm shooting up in my living room and blazing the cest In my Thundercats underpants, making a mess Jacking off on my carpet, watching faces of death I like to rape and molest all the neighborhood pets Yeah, Labrador Retrievers, cause they take it the best Asphyxiated when I come, never taking a breath And when I shoot my load, I take a razor blade to my chest. Ow. You might disagree with the way I see reality because I like to rape and I'm down with bestiality. I'm not a bad guy despite the bodies in my basement cause I donated a dollar and I wear a yellow bracelet. I'm a lunatic and I'm your next door neighbor. You got a hot daughter? I'm a lust and raper. She'll be hooked up to IVs and respirators and I'll never get caught by the investigators. I'm a lunatic and I'm your next door neighbor. You got a hot daughter? I'm a lust and raper. She'll be hooked up to IVs and respirators and I'll never Get caught by the investigators I'll cut open your chest and have sex with your vital organs Throw you on the tile floor and rip off your vaginal foreskin Wild Mormons will quickly try and form an organization To thwart my plans to stockpile abortions I'm a lunatic I'll take a spoon and stick it so far up your cunt You'll think I'm trying to ruin it And if you're a stuck up bitch and throw a fit I'll strap you to a mattress and slip both your wrists I don't know when to quit I need to have sex again About to rape a waitress like a busboy Mexican I'll scar the slut for life and she won't recover I'm a psycho lunatic, I'm scary like a broken rubber And if you're a selfish slut that's ever gotten abortion I'll give you a pelvic thrust that will stop you from whoring I'll rape you with a 2 by 4 while all of my boys Take your life with a knife and we'll call it a choice You won't see me in the street percolating on Dayton's Cause I'm at your sister's house and I'm raping her anus See, I'll pull it out early, slap her face and then spray it While I'm playing PlayStation masturbating with Satan I'm a lunatic and I'm your next door neighbor You got a hot daughter, I'm a less than raper She'll be hooked up to IVs and respirators And I'll never get caught by the investigators I'm a lunatic and I'm your next door neighbor You got a hot daughter, I'm a less than raper She'll be hooked up to IVs and respirators And I'll never get caught by the investigators Haha, <laughs> that's right I'm a lunatic <laughs>